You are listening to TJ Talks. Be aware, this show contains explicit language. Welcome to TJ Talks. I'm Jed. And I'm Teresa. And it's Sunday morning. <laughs> it is Sunday morning. And and we do this with a three-hour time difference, right? So for you, it's brunch time. Yeah, it's 10.15 and Charles Osgood's just getting ready to go off the air. And <laughs> Thinking of Charles Osgood going off, it's not pretty. But it, for me, it's early and, you know, I roll out of bed and although I'm always up early anyway, but it feels more... Um, disruptive on a Sunday, right? Like, Because I, I would just now start watching Charles Osgood and snuggling and uh, I should be doing something productive, like going for a five-mile run, but oh well. What, what I'm time not doing do you any no- of those things today. I'm podcasting. Like on a Saturday, what time do you normally wake up? I wake up between 5, 5.30 because that's my body clock alarm. Really? Wake me up. But, I mean, if you didn't have to, you would still get Correct. Up. I would still okay. wake up. And what's frustrating is if I go out clubbing and living it up large, mm-hmm. as I always do on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> like, say we don't get home till 3 in the morning or whatever. Mm-hmm. This rarely happens. But if, if we ever did, I would still wake up at 5.30 and maybe go back to sleep, but maybe not. I mean, if I just – that's my wake-up time. And I do feel that is one of those particular – aging things that really sucks do the kids jump up on down on the bed and go come on not anymore (laughs) (laughs) and my kids were always decent sleepers so that i never really could blame them i just my body clock just goes off seems like maybe our school when we went to school it started early like seven yeah well and the kids start early now my my oldest has to be to school at 6 45 in the mornings so he doesn't get a chance to sleep in at all and and that's a bummer for him because he kind of needs it Mm. He's entering that interesting teenage phase where he's eating like a horse and sleeping more and all that fun stuff. So um, I didn't – I guess there wasn't as much credence to that when we were kids. Like mm-hmm. I think our parents would make us get up and be active, et cetera. And now we've been told, oh, kids, teenagers need their sleep because their brains are developing or whatever bullshit they try to tell <laughs> us about teenagers. So <laughs> that we didn't get the excuse of when we were teenagers. That's for damn sure. Book bags that you had to carry yeah, around everywhere. Right? Oh. <laughs> wow. So, so what are we going to talk about on this fine Sunday morning, Jed? Actually, we got lots of stuff to talk about. General Petraeus, we're going to finish that up this week. A little bit. Just of, one little thing about that. A little snippet there. Um, Powerball, that was big. I can't believe two people, two, two tickets won. Big for you. We don't yeah. have it here in California, so um, I would have had to drive out of state to get a Powerball ticket. Uh, it would have just been a phone call. Hey, buy me, you know, a couple tickets. Oh, next time. Yeah. That's right. We'll have our own little TJ Talks lottery Because I can't okay. buy – what do you guys have over there? You have like some super jackpot lottery. And- well, we have state-funded California lottery that's supposed to change schools and make everything so much better, and that's why my kids are thriving in public education. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought you guys have another one that gets really big, though. Is it just the? It's not just the California lottery, isn't it? Yeah, there? we only have California. We don't have any Powerball or multi-state no? lotteries, to oh, really? my knowledge. Okay, I thought you did. I play the California lottery every week. So uh, okay. I know it's <laughs> the only one. I don't play the scratchers. I only play the quick pick. See, we have the Florida lottery, and then we have the Powerball, which is the multi-state deal. Right. And yeah. uh, so, but the Powerball is two dollars a ticket, and then they want you to play this multi. 
uh, or whatever it is, the power play. So then okay. it becomes like $4 for one ticket. And that's ridiculous. It's, you know. $4 for one ticket, but it's a chance to win a kajillion dollars. It was half a billion with a B, <laughs> a b- 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 billion dollars. <laughs> Which is like a gajillion, yes. Exactly. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to talk about. A, the people who won, and how quickly are they going to be bankrupt and divorced, right? Because that's what always happens to those people. And then a few things that are more likely to happen to you than winning the lottery. Yes. And and then we're going to talk about uh, an article that's out of Mental Floss, which is old wives' tales, which are not really old wives' tales because they're really true. Some things that you wouldn't think, you know, your grandmother used to say it or whatever. You think, all right, Granny, you're crazy. But she's actually right. She was right. Right. And uh, one other, and then, and then a little bit about magazines in general, right? Ma- yeah, we'll talk about magazines in general, and uh, we'll tell the folks over there at Mental Floss, hey, hire us, we'll do your podcast. <laughs> they need a podcast, don't you think? They do, and yeah, it's a good print magazine, and, and they need it. Yeah. So, and uh, finally, maybe some movie talk because I saw two movies over this weekend so far. Oh, okay. Oh, I haven't seen anything. So, you all right, anything. you'll have to do all the talking. I, I saw a terrible movie and a terrible movie. Actually, I liked, it's funny, I liked one and didn't quite like the other, and we'll talk about that. Oh, and there's so many good ones coming out. Yeah. So, all right, I'm going to have to make some time to see some movies to okay. be able to speak about them. So, lots of stuff to talk about today. So, let's get going right away into the General Petraeus conversation. All right. There was a letter that his. Um, retired Brigadier General James Shelton uh, sent this letter mm-hmm. in response to a letter that Petraeus had written to him. And I guess the Shelton guy is sort of like a mentor, father figure to Petraeus. And he was right, and Petraeus was writing to him to say, you know, I screwed up royally, which he did. And um, those were his actual words. And, and he says, I screwed up royally, but Team Petraeus will survive. All right, so this Brigadier General, James Shelton, I don't know if he released the letter to Britain's Daily Mail newspaper, which I don't know why he would do that or if somehow they got it. I don't know how they got it, but they they printed the letter. And what I thought was interesting is that um, Shelton talked about the letter, and he's a longtime friend of General Petraeus. They've served together for many years. And General Petraeus is the director of the CIA, right? Mm-hmm. So – he claims that he never thought of Petraeus as a woman chaser and that um, Broadwell, who who was the woman in the middle of all this, right? Shelton says that Broadwell was just more savvy than Dave about the nature of the things that they got involved with. Now, hmm. what does that mean to you when you hear that? What, you mean that uh, Petraeus was naive about sex? and uh, Yes. Yeah. Okay, so now I don't want the director of the CIA being naive about sex, right? Like, don't you think he should have at least read 50 shades? He mean, you're saying that he never read 50 shades of gray. (laughs) (laughs) If he doesn't know what a dirty Sanchez or a rusty trombone is, then I don't want him being director of the CIA. How is he ever going to uncover a terrorist plot or fulfill any, you know, bad guy's plan? If he's not worldly enough to understand, uh, Sex? I mean, I hate- if I was Petraeus, I'd be a little pissed. A lot of people have this weird thing, and I don't. And I don't believe that you should be able to get to that level. But they go, well, they don't have to know anything because they have other people that are supposed to know that stuff. 
But if you okay, what if, division of the CIA is that? Because I want to work in that division. <laughs> because uh, because the whole thing comes down to this: you should never get to a certain level if you just don't have a handle on it, so to speak. <laughs> okay. The, I mean, you look at the president. I bet you the president is pretty worldly in I general. Hope. I, I just have this feeling that he's in touch with pop culture and things of that nature so that when he hears about uh, just news, he just knows what's going on. He has on. a little response to it. You're right. I think that's true. I think that's been proven over time that, that he has a little bit of that. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't think that he's out of touch with the price of a hamburger at McDonald's. Right. Very true. <laughs> and I think his kids keep him sort of in that loop probably too. He's got younger Well, that's true. Too. Kids. I, but back to the Petraeus thing, all yeah. right? Uh-huh. That guy, the friend, goes on to say about Broadwell, this is a quote, she's not a kid, and in a lot of ways I think she knows more about the world than Dave. I'm talking about sex, he says. I don't think Dave ever thought about that too much, and he only thought about the army and gave it everything he had. I can't, I mean, I just... I appreciate maybe this this person's loyalty to his friend, but if I were Petraeus, I'd be pissed because A, you've made me look like an idiot. B, you've paid in this woman who I actually did probably have some feelings for to be a giant whore. Um, I, it's just – it's insulting on every level. And here again, I just – I just don't know that it's not okay that the CIA director is unworldly. That's the worst. Do we know that he had sex with her? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, you know, I just thought there was a lot of emails and stuff. Well, you know what, Jed? Maybe you're right. Maybe there is no sex. And either way, well, I think this letter is indicating that they did that, you know, how could he have possibly known when she was climbing on top of him that they were about to have sex? I mean, oh, did that's, they... what, that's what it sort of seems like when he writes this, <laughs> I you <see>. know? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, it, it, there is a aspect. An aspect of power and that whole idea that here's a woman, she sees this guy, he's a very powerful, influential man, not a very, um, what do you call it, wealthy guy. It's not like Mr. Wealthy, but he does command a lot of power in the world. Right, right. And so she's attracted to this power. And so... You know, something happens. So she used that in her womanly, worldly ways to seduce him. No, I mean, that's no. the part that I just find insulting. But, and I wish everybody should own a part of that wrongness, right? She certainly should, and he certainly should. And for his decorated general friend to say, oh, she just pushed him into it because she's more worldly is oh, really what I'm getting from it, that. Well, and right. I just think that's insulting. And it is insulting because here's the part why it should be as insulting as it is. The military has been dealing with sexual harassment, uh, sexual politics, sexual um, – uh, Yeah, misconduct, uh, misconduct, appropriateness, all of that stuff. And, and this is the top guy mm-hmm. who's had to adjudicate lots of these kind of cases. You know, it, We're not just talking four-star generals. We're talking you know, lo- captains, colonels, lieutenant colonels, sure. all these guys. They're – there's so many people, and they have to go into training and be told, right? This is the appropriate s- stuff that you do in these situations. So to say that he's that naive, mm, I ain't buying that. And and, yeah. and the military always tells them that the senior person is the person that's 
responsible for those situations. Now, generally, right, yeah, right. Now, I mean, there is the case where a underling, a a subordinate, will especially I hate to say it, but some females have been busted for you know saying that you know I'll say that you tried to do something if that I don't think that happens very often but it it has happened when somebody felt like oh I'm sure yes there's there's wrongdoings on both sides I'm not I'm not saying any of that is okay and there are probably as many women who look for opportunities to exploit that weakness in men right and and I'm not saying Broadwell did or didn't do it I really don't think she did though I she had a genuine different feeling about him she really but, liked him yeah i think yeah. so i mean oh, i think yeah. she did and 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 that's fine she she has to deal with that on her own but i really just think the portrayal of him as as a victim of her oh he's um, not a victim yeah you he, know what i mean like no. that's just really a, that's just not okay you know when so. some, when someone puts their hand on your hand and talks to you in specific ways and makes you feel nice and all of the things going on you know it's more than the person there with their microphone and their recorder or their stenograph or whatever they're using to document your life story (laughs) anyway that we can we can move on from that but i just saw that and i thought really are you really gonna blame this all on paula broadwell i mean she owns a lot of the blame i'm not exonerating her at all wait and, and how many strip clubs do you think he's been in I don't know. Oh, he's not a sailor. I'm sorry. (laughs) I hope he goes to strip clubs if he wants to. I mean, I just, I I have a little bit of a anti-sexual repression tint, like stint. Like I feel like people are so um, relegated in in all of that. So, and that's me speaking very liberally about it, right? I feel like people should. They can't take off the top button on their, on their shirt. (laughs) God, he sure is all buttons. He's got nothing but medals and buttons on there. Oh, well. All right. Let's move on. Let's talk about something more likely to happen than me having an affair with a general winning the lottery. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So so we have the the major list here of 11 things. And uh, okay. So so what do you think about um, like, do you what do you think about winning the lottery? Do you really think it'll ever happen to you? Because I play every week. Yes. And I know I'm never going to win. I have to believe. Just so like, you will believe a little bit? Absolutely. If, if you don't believe, you would never play. I don't think I believe. I'm, I think I'm Charlie Brown and that, you know, the lottery is somebody always moving my football. So I don't think I'll ever win. But for, I, I, you're right. For that half a second of when you're checking the ticket and you're waiting for it to come up and say you're a winner or sorry, you're not a winner. That half a second is why I keep playing. I I purposefully, when I buy my ticket, I go, this is my 24, usually because I buy it the day before, my 24 hours or whatever it is, especially if the jackpot's large, I go, I could be a millionaire instantly. And what would I do if I had a million dollars today? And so it's a dollar or a $5 chance to just dream about all of the things that you would do with all this money. Yeah, it's a $1 chance to have a half a second fantasy life. That's right. Of 
yachts and trips and, you know, expensive cars and children with fully paid for college educations and all those <laughs> sexy things that you think about, right? That the money will do for your life. I was like with a half a billion dollars, which is what Powerball was up to. Of course, now with two different tickets winning that you get a quarter of a billion dollars, which is still a lot of money. Well, that sucks. Right. And then by the time you get it as a big lump sum and pay taxes, you're going to be – those people will get around probably $125 million apiece, cash, money, in their pocket like that. So so they're going to take that to the bank on Monday or whatever, and then is the bank going to put that seven-day hold on it? Or is uh, it going to be able to have it exactly available that day? I think that they pretty much have an unlimited credit card. <laughs> that would be my story. I'd like to make a $125 million deposit. Okay, it'll be 14 days before the money's available. I mean, come on! <laughs> the guy got his house foreclosed on. One of oh them. my god! That's what I heard. And then you know we all know the stories because there's even a TV show about it. I won the lottery, and then these people just everything goes bankrupt in their life, right? They're emotionally. Oh, uh, their friends leave them. And, yeah, yeah. And well, then they get all these family members coming out of the woodworks claiming that they need money. You know, I heard an interesting story from a guy. Um, just had a business meeting on Friday with somebody, and he was telling me that his uncle won the lottery. Hmm. California lottery won uh, fourteen million dollars. Wow! Now this was several years ago, and several years ago you you used to have to state out loud when you bought the ticket if you wanted cash. Oh right! Uh, you know, cash up front, cash payout, or you would take the payments. Yeah. So he didn't state it mm-hmm. when he bought the ticket, so he got the payments. Right? He was seventy years old. He won fourteen million dollars oh. over twenty years. Not likely to get it all, right? right. Mm-hmm. So you can do something to legally get the money you can cap it in somehow and then you do that with a lawyer so he did so he still ended up with i don't know nine million or something apparently so he's nine million dollars he comes this is the uncle of this fellow that i'm meeting with he comes to the wedding because this guy's getting married Mm -hmm. they invite him of course hands him an envelope at the wedding enjoy this on your honeymoon so the guy's thinking Woohoo! All right, Uncle Joe is really going to pay off here. Great. They go to the honeymoon. They open up the envelope. It's in a fifty-dollar gift card to Trader Joe's. No, <laughs> it's just a grocery gift card to really? go buy fifty dollars worth of groceries. And the guy had nine million dollars in the bank. So you know, uh, who knows? I have to say that that is kind of rude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I would be more generous with if I had that kind of money. I really, I mean, with family. I mean, I wouldn't go to like, you know, someone's uh, a friend of a friend's event and then show up. Hey, here's a hundred thousand dollars or something. Yeah, well, if it's your family, your nephew, you think you might be able to fork over even a grand. I mean, well, that's here's what... the deal. I don't think there's any amount of money you can give that's not going to get criticized. If he'd have given them five hundred dollars, which is an amazing gift for a wedding, yeah, that would have been nice. But everyone would have went five hundred. You know, he's got nine million. He couldn't give more. I mean, there's. There's a little bit of he's never going to be able to meet the critics' approval there. Well, you know, well, here's the nice aspect of it. You can only gift, I believe, $10,000 before you have to pay taxes on it, mm. or it's no longer a gift. So he could give ten grand, yeah. look really good, and then give the excuse of, I don't want you to have to pay taxes. That's right. That's good. That's good. Yeah, maybe that's a good idea. So, if, I mean, but you're talking $9 million in cash that you can't take it with you. Right. You know, I could understand. I mean, there may be more circumstances to it. He could have all of his money in a blind trust, and then he can't touch it. Maybe the guy's a total douche. I mean, maybe he doesn't deserve it. I don't know. (laughs) There's like all these different things. We were we were talking about that at work. What would you do with all this money? 
And uh, so it's that fa- moment of fantasy. I was talking about what I want to do is take this great cruise, two-week cr- extravagant cruise, book out every suite up on the top of the ship. Okay. And everybody who gets invited, I'm going to invite like 20 or 30 people plus my family. Right, right. And uh, everybody who comes can only bring a backpack with whatever you want to put in your backpack because everything else will be provided. Well, how great is that? That's a good trip. All your clothes, well, like all your clothes, any fancy clothes you need, like a tuxedo for fancy nights, whatever, all provided. No bills, all the tips are included, everything's included. Wouldn't that be fun? I'll, That's a good deal. Oh, keep playing the lottery, Jed. I, I know, I know. And, and, and then. Yeah, that sounds fun. It, of course, I will bring uh, the other thing was I was going to bring a lawyer and an accountant board because <laughs> it would happen right after I won the half a billion dollars. So that way I could I could have my mastermind meeting out at sea. <laughs> mastermind meeting. I love this. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do with all my money. While you're holding a cat and stroking it, you'll have your mastermind meeting about your millions you're of dollars. Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is going to be a good cruise. All right. Yeah. I hope I don't get seasick. I know. That's funny. All right, all right. Well, so, just think, if we, if you win, the, if you win, I keep saying you because I know I never will. <laughs> if if one of us were to win the lottery, we could actually buy our own podcast studio. That'd be fun. I know. That would be awesome. Can you imagine? Right? And then you could bring other people in and have your own podcast network like some of these people have done. Yeah, for a half billion dollars, we could get... Obama himself in here, probably. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I or at see... least Clinton. He might go for it. What, what is Obama making a year? I think he makes about a million with his book deals. But well, he makes yeah, he makes more than that off the books. But I think as president, your salary is only like two hundred fifty thousand. Right, which is like General Petraeus. I don't think he makes any more than the president. Right. No, I think you're right. Yeah. Mm. All right. So we were going to talk about things that are more likely to happen to you. Okay. And winning the lottery. I don't think there's any specific order to this. <laughs> no, there isn't. But I was going to go in some of the least or the most likely to least likely. Okay. All right. Sure. So apparently – and do you know anybody who has an extra finger or toe? And I'm not talking about my extra nipple. Oh, wait. I was going to say that. <laughs> wow. No. Although I've heard that's actually more common than people think. <laughs> really? I don't know anybody who has an extra anything. Really? Joey, or not Joey, was it Joey? Who was it on um, Friends was supposed to have an extra nipple. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Are they usually right next to the other two, or where is it? On your back? I don't know. I can imagine it's symmetrically placed. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I need to see that. No, I don't know anybody, and the odds of having... An extra finger or toe are one in five hundred. What? Which are pretty small, right? Like that's I know five hundred people. Does one of them have an extra finger or toe they're not talking about or I'm not seeing? Man, we, should, we need to post that online. That's a lot of people with extra digits. And here's the deal: there's a whole market out there for footwear and gloves to accommodate these people. If there's three hundred million people in the U.S. and one in five hundred has an extra finger, <laughs> then the glove divisions uh, departments of the world need to keep. Do you think they amputate them when they're babies? Surgically remove the extra? Oh, maybe that's it. Maybe they never come to fruition, so to speak, right? Like, as a, maybe that's the deal. I mean, I've seen people here in town who have birth defects where there's a lady, really nice lady, 
and she has a deformed arm that didn't fully develop as a where it's it's maybe about it's like it looks it looks like a little arm on right. off her shoulder and she's extremely functional is able to do everything you would think oh well maybe it's a lame limb but it's not lame it really is a functional limb yeah. but just not as fully developed and and that's probably a whole separate thing than this polydactylism but I, all the cats I don't know, apparently on honey boo boo do you watch the honey boo boo show no 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 do you know what honey boo boo is uh, i do i know why do i know this it's a great That's insult i know it's a great insult if you want to call somebody something hey honey boo boo <laughs> apparently um honey boo boo has a relative that has an extra thumb really yeah and being that you are i mean your thumb is not a finger, right? So having an extra thumb is a little bit strange. So that means that she can wear three thumb rings. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, it's just really not that. It's very strange. Like I said, I know 500 people, and I can't name one of them that has an extra Anything. something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So something else, unfortunately, mm-hmm. that you're more like to have happen to you than to win the Powerball lottery is to um, dying in an airplane accident is one in 71,000. That's your odds. Se- no, 7,000. 7,000. 7, yeah. Um, which is not considering how much we all fly and how much we all air travel. I'm a little bit surprised. It seems like those are high odds. I don't think that could possibly be accurate. Well, it's not, well, it's on the internet, Judd. So of course it's accurate. Well, uh, but yeah, but I mean, that's this is a re- pretty reputable website that we are getting our statistics from. I'm, well, I'm wondering if because of the the infrequency of crashes, but the amount of to of of casualties, maybe that's what makes the number higher or lower. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, the, do they bump on the ground and then, or just like have heart attacks while they're takeoffs well, and landing. And... What about people who are just croaking in the air because they eat the fish or whatever? I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> how do they think about this? How many people fly? How many, um, butts and seats over the course of a year worldwide are there? There's gotta be over a hundred million people flying in an average year. Right. How many people die? Of course you lose one plane. That's 350 seats. But that still doesn't come out, compute in my mind, to 7,178. So maybe there's a bunch of people just just croaking in the air. I mean, that's how many people leave an average airport in a day. I bet you there's 100,000 people that go through an average airport on an average day. Oh, easily. Yes, exactly. Yeah, an average airport probably. Yeah. Yeah, airports are interesting. Mm -hmm. All right. Um. Well, if you can't fly because you're likely to croak, don't cross the street because your odds of being killed as a pedestrian are 1 in 701. Hmm. Now, what is it like in Florida? I, I don't know about Florida. I know in California, pedestrians have the right of way, and we use it and abuse it as pedestrians. We are oftentimes crossing when we shouldn't. I, you know, I think that I've <laughs> I fall into that California thing because I just walk. I'm like, I'm walking. I'm, I'm walking, walking here. here. Yeah. <laughs> Stop for me. I'm walking here. Uh, did you see me? So, yeah. And what about crosswalks in Florida? Are oh, they, you know. You need to stop. And there's signs. They tell you. Pedestrians. Okay. I appreciate that, actually. I think it's, 
I always think it's interesting when I am walking and someone else is driving and they don't stop. Now, if someone is distracted and doesn't see you, then all right, that's bad on them, but I can almost give them a pass. But just to be a jerk and like really come close to you, I've, I've physically kicked cars. I've done this now twice in the past year where I've kicked a car that was so close to me in a grocery store parking lot that I, I was pissed off and kicked it. Now, A, that's not good for my shoes. <laughs> B, but come on, where are you got to go that you can't let somebody who's crossing cross? Where you got to be? Really? I, I think that the grocery store parking lots are the hardest places because the, the barrage of pedestrian traffic in and out of the store to the parking lot just um, is it's designed in a way so that pedestrians are going to cross over where the, you know, where the cars are supposed to drive. And that's a bad design, to be honest with you. Why do we design things like that? Well, I, okay, so there's an easy way to resolve that. If you're a, if you're in a car going to the grocery store, just park in the back. Why do you have to park in that front space? Now, I will try to garner a front space occasionally, but generally I'm a just ditch the car so I can go out and get my stuff done person, right? So when people are trying to drive close, that's where you get all the pedestrians and all the slowing down. It's not saving you any time to park closer, in my opinion. Maybe parking lots should be designed so that you cannot drive your car directly in front of uh, businesses or grocery stores or anything like that. So that that is the safe zone as pedestrians walk out. And then you kind of have it set up. So that you're not going to have that go through. You can't get in that way to get to the top area to go across. Right. You have to start at the bottom. And just let people mill about in that 50 yards in front of the store. And then you have to park 100 yards away. Yeah, because then people will choose the first spots instead of trying to spend, you know, three hours going up and down, up and down, trying to find the And you know where that's the worst? At the gym. Oh, yeah? Those people kill me at the gym when they're vulturing for a parking place in the front row so that they can go in and walk on the treadmill or whatever. That just is <laughs> the absolute picture of craziness to me. All right. Well, let's just talk about a couple more of these because we're almost tapping out this list. But mm-hmm. um, And I don't know if you read it, so I'll ask you. And, and I guess even if you did, pretend you don't know. What do you think is more likely to happen, that you will be fatally bitten by a shark or fatally stung by a bee? Oh, I think fatally stung by a bee, only because more people live closer to bees than they do to sharks. <laughs> but, okay, so when did you last hear about so-and-so died yesterday because of a bee sting, right, on the news? But any time, shark attack off the, you know, the Oxnard beaches or whatever, we hear about shark attacks all the time. Right. But they only happen, your odds of being uh, eaten by a shark are 1 in 11.5 million. Now. Wow. But it's always on the news, right? I yeah. mean, I, I can't get over this shark attack stuff. And 11.5 million to one are your chances. I, I just think there's a lot of people who suffer from that. Uh, what is that? That shock that you get when you get stung by the a anaphylactic bee. shock. Yeah. Yes. When you get stung by a bee. And your <laughs> odds of dying, if you're being allergic, obviously, are one in 79,000. So that's still pretty that's, high, right? That's pretty high, but. More people have, you know, better than three 11.5 thumbs. million. <laughs> yeah, more people have the extra thumb, which is still freaking me out. I just, I don't know. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> now I have to know what the extra nipple odds are. That's going to be a good one. That's <laughs> 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 oh, funny. So anyway, so those are things that are more likely to happen to you than to win the Powerball lottery. Mm-hmm. Because your chances of winning that are 1 in 175 million. 223,510 to 1, to be precise. Well, one thing we do know is that you could not have bought all the tickets. That was not possible. You couldn't even get the machines. If you were to get to every machine with all the money that you had to try to get every combination possible, you, you couldn't have acquired them in the amount of time necessary to get every possible number of combinations. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's crazy. Stephen so, Colbert did a bit on that this week where he claimed he bought every ticket, so oh. he was definitely going to win. Mm. And um, so it's good to know that you can't do that. And right. the, and if somebody else had pulled one of the tickets that was the winning number, you would have wouldn't pay wouldn't have made a, a reasonable amount of money to do it. Okay. Now the Florida lottery when it first came out, the chances of winning were one in like seven million or thirteen million. I don't remember something like that. And they were talking about that, that as soon as it hit, got over $13 million, somebody was possibly going to try this shenanigan <laughs> to buy to okay. buy all these tickets. Although I don't huh. know that that ever happened. All right. Well, I know I didn't win, so uh, let's move on. Okay. <laughs> and you didn't win either, obviously, because I'm not on a cruise right now. I know. You would be on a cruise. There would be a <laughs> and lot I was, of I'm assuming that I, loftily that I would be invited to the cruise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I have a, a number of people that are on the cruise list. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, all right. But you didn't include me in the mastermind meeting. Thanks, Judd. I, I haven't, I haven't even lawyer. said what that's all about. I just said there's going to be a mastermind meeting. <laughs> I love the thought of you having a mastermind. Maybe that's awesome. All right. So what's next on the topic brigade? Well, we have six pieces of folksy, folksy wisdom that are actually true. Why don't you lead us through that one? Okay. Well, uh, there's this great magazine out there, if you haven't checked it out, called Mental Floss. And they got a great Twitter feed where they post some of their things. And they do actually read replies on occasion. Yeah, you've been tweeted and talked to by them, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're awesome. So Cloud score. I, You know, I stopped clouding. <laughs> I, I feel we like... We were so into it for a while. Yeah, I, I'm probably down to like 20 now. Who knows? <laughs> Should check that out. I know uh, we're all going to check it after the show, right? Yeah. Uh, clout, where am I at? I think I'm in the 50s. All right. But, uh, it's, it's which is still fine. But I haven't used it for anything. Me neither. So you're right, yeah. So, All but, right, so go on. So Mental Floss magazine. And they have it for people who like, I don't want to say it's useless knowledge because it isn't useless, but it's knowledge that will enhance your conversation when you yes. talk to somebody. Did you know that blah, 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 blah. And they have these great facts. And it's not just the facts. It's the behind the facts, the reason for it where did it come from so that you are fully understanding of a topic in a way that you might not have been before i love that i love we've talked about this before having a little bit of knowledge about a lot of things right Mm -hmm. i'm not an expert on anything just ask anyone i know but having a little bit to say about everything is good and it's a good trait to have well it's great to be able to start a conversation when right. you're sitting there and you're like looking at each other going, hmm, well, I got nothing to talk about. How about you? I got nothing to talk about. 
Okay. Let's drool and stare at the wall. <laughs> Described an evening at Honey Boo Boo's house, right? <laughs> so to prevent that, we got some really great stuff. And so this article comes from uh, Mental Floss. And the six pieces of folksy wisdom that are actually true. First one on the list is you can protect, predict the weather from joint pain. And didn't we always have someone in our family who can do that? Like my grandmother would get a sore thumb or a bad knee or something. How about you? You know, um, I have heard that people and people talk about their was it their uh, rheumatism or something like yes, that. Yes. And my rheumatism's acting up. I can. I got a flare up. Yeah. So, but it's all about barometric pressure, and that pressure can. Uh, cause your joints to swell and uh, some people can detect storms even in it days in advance of those storms interesting yeah i think there's a lot to that i fortunately don't have arthritis um or any sort of ailments that cause me to swell up like that anyway i you know sometimes i eat too much salt and swell up but that's, not, <laughs> that's i can't predict any weather that way <laughs> I could just tell you that I had too many French fries the night before. So you went to In and Out, damn you! Right, <laughs> sounds good. Uh, I uh, I ran this bridge yesterday in Titusville. It's a big bridge, and um, now my knees are sore, but it isn't from barometric pressure. <laughs> <laughs> There's no storm a coming. No, actually, it did rain here yesterday. It was good rain. Well, maybe that's why your knees are sore. Maybe you predict after the weather. That's it. <laughs> That'd be me. I'd, you know, be super helpful afterwards. <laughs> so how about this one? Chicken soup can help a cold. I I am a big believer of that. I just, in general, I've always thought that um, every time I've gotten sick, you have that hot soup, chicken soup particularly, and you just feel good. Is it just it- mental? I think I think it's no. I think it's true. And the and the mental floss folks were saying that chicken soup has properties that inhibit um, neutrophils, which are the white blood cells that fight off bacteria and in the inflamed cells. So that that creates this defense for you. So it is good. And I and of course the hot beverage opens up your sinuses. That makes it better. You feel better after you eat it. I don't know. And and if your mom gives it to you, it's even better. <laughs> Right, right. And it's cute because in the article they even showed just the can of old Campbell's chicken noodle soup, which uh-huh. I really wish I had a dollar for every can of those I've ever eaten my whole life because we ate a lot of soup when I was a kid. You know why you ate a lot of soup? It was because what? if you took those labels and you brought them to school. Yeah, the soup labels were something we got incentivized for, right? Yeah, that was yeah. a scam. Do, you, do they still do that? <laughs> why am I not surprised? Do they still do that? Now they have box tops for education the box and the, tops. I think it's the general mills people you have to cut out these little box tops and they always put them in the worst part of the box so you have to negotiate the scissors as if you're doing a splenectomy on somebody to get it out of the pizza box or whatever so yes and we have them and then you have to tape them up and send them in and everybody's judged on how much they do so yeah. right and so you have to buy a lot of specific kinds of foods in order to be participatory in your in your school's programs. Yeah, name brand labels, right? Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, who, who wants to do that? Right. All right. Okay. <laughs> what else? Moving on. Sleep on it and decide tomorrow. That's that's the topic there. That So it really, can you make a better decision if you wait? Just 
overnight? Why would it be any different? I think I think it's true. I think I never do it. I think I always – I think I feel like I have to make my decision before I go to bed because then I can wake up with my plan, right, and enact it. I don't know. I mean it's like these undecided voters. Do you tell somebody, just sleep on it. You'll you'll change your mind tomorrow and choose and the right thing. And you'll know, yeah, you'll know. right? Come on. You're decided. Shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> but I think – and this thing was talking a little bit about – and if you're at all sleep deprived yeah. for whatever reason, you shouldn't make a major life decision because sleep depravity can make you have bad judgment, right? Duh. But I still think – I, I still believe, like, if if I was going to decide to buy a car, right, and I'm using that because it's a pretty major purchase, right. that I'm not going to sleep on it. I'm going to decide to buy it and then be happy when I wake up in the morning if I decided to buy it. I'm not going to sleep on it. But is it maybe that you will just feel better about the decision that you planned on making or you'll either you'll – or you'll chicken out that one way or another – you will come to a a solid feeling about it rather than be on the fence. I mean, here in the article he says, uh, even in studies where subjects were given a decision and then distracted for an hour as opposed to picking something right away, the difference in quality of the decision-making was huge. Yeah. Interesting, right? Quali- we don't think quality. about this stuff. Quality. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't have good judgment whether I've had a full eight hours of sleep or not. So it just doesn't matter for me. <laughs> My only decision to be should be to make no decisions ever because that's the best one. Well, you know the story about Albert Einstein, right? Okay. They, yeah, uh, him. He was at the fiftieth anniversary of his what his wedding anniversary, and they said, "Mr. Einstein, how is it that?" you and your wife were able to be happy and together for 50 years. And Albert Einstein said, well, we had this agreement since we got married that um, my wife would make all the easy decisions and I would make all the hard decisions. And they said, wow, well, that sounds like it was pretty good. So can you tell us uh, a little bit about uh, all the great decisions that you made? And he said, well, in 50 years, there haven't been any hard decisions. (laughs) 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 So that's cute. I like that. There you go. Hmm. All right. So there's this wonderful picture of a cat. Well, we'll, 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 we'll just say there's a picture of a cat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know. There, it's got to be a name for what I am. What's the name for cat dislikers? Uh, is there – you know, I don't know. I'm not a cat fan. Sorry if all you out there have cats and love them. I'm just – I've had cats and tried to love them and they're just not fun pets for me. Maybe for <laughs> everybody else in the world, they're amazing creatures. I just haven't found a good one. Mm. So, Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not a cat lover, but there's a picture of a cat in this article, and, yeah. and it's espousing to say that animals actually do know when danger is coming. Yeah, what they a spidey sense for catastrophe. Um, yeah, it is kind of funny that they it, this article refers to things like electromagnetic fields and vibrations and things like that, 
but they do seem to know other stuff, right? Like when uh, earthquakes are coming, of course, like, you know, you always heard about the canary in the coal mine, but I think the idea there was the canary dies. Well, that's a physiological thing, right? right yeah, yeah, exactly. Early. But, uh, um, okay, so here was something interesting. Mm-hmm. Reports following the massive 2004 Indian Ocean tsunami showed that the um, animals, actually, a lot of animals sought higher ground and found shelter. And in the case of house pets, they refused to go outside during the hours leading up to the tsunami. And as a result, fewer animals died during the tsunami compared to humans, which I think shows a little bit of impactfulness. Now, I live in earthquake country. And really? you did too for a long time. But um, my dogs are indicative of nothing. All they do is, you know, generally earthquakes seem to always hit in the middle of the night or the ones that I notice because those are the ones I'm available to feel. Um, And the dogs have done nothing. There's been no barking. There's been no pacing. There's been no jingling of their collars. There's been no concerted effort on their part to warn me about anything. They don't give two shits. They're sleeping like I am and they're just as surprised as I am when we get jolted out of bed in the morning. I don't know... you know, anecdotally, can I say one night the dog barked and then three hours later we had a had a earthquake? Yes, but it, my animals do not predict anything. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if I had a cat, I can sure as hell tell you it would never predict anything. Well, that's true. These these oh, there's a bunch of cats here around my house, and they're just. Happy as uh, clams. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's nice because you take care of them, and they need to be taken care of. I just, yeah, I just don't think animals are animals are. To me, they're so, so domesticated now. My my pets, anyway, they would have no they have no animal instinct anymore. What would they know how to do if they were forced to be out in the wild? Oh, I know. They they know how to beat each other up, though. They'll right. they go after each other. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's keep moving on. Yep. Now, I have heard this. this. I remember this all the time. Do not swallow your gum. I have to say, I've swallowed some gum. <laughs> and when you do it, you have that moment of, oh, my God, you're not supposed to do that. What's going to happen? I know. In two weeks, I'm going to get colic and die or whatever, right? Yeah. Something. Yeah, it's not good for you. Well, it does stick in your intestinal tract. I guess it's true. Um, let's see. Wow. And the toxin- Swallowing enough gum can lead to what's called to Bezoar, bezoar, which is really a gross lump of indigestible material that gets trapped in your digestive system, causing intestinal blockage. And yes, it can kill you. Wow. Oh, and then they had that thing about a disorder about people who eat their hair. Oh, I know. Yeah. If you get, well, it's like, can a cat get a hairball, right? Oh, yeah. They call it the Rapunzel syndrome, a disorder that causes people to eat their own hair. Ugh. Yeah, except cats cough up their hair. And humans would just continue to digest their hair or try to. I guess. I don't know. It sounds terrible. Didn't – what's his name? Elvis have some sort of intestinal blockage? I don't know. That's a good I, question. That was part of his problem why he was sort of – Stopped up. <laughs> was on the toilet and died, died. Eating, a ham, eating a ham sandwich and him and Mama Cat. <laughs> no, that was Mama Cat. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah oh well <laughs> all right and then the last one i i don't know really this is true is it did you eat a lot of bananas <laughs> i don't remember eating a lot of bananas although the banana is my favorite fruit eating bananas will make you have baby boy wow eating well, only once they suggested it's true but oh it's based on a study yes 
you have to feast. You can't just feast on bananas for nine months and expect to have a hundred percent chance of having a boy. But a lot of banana foods, foods like that, that have a lot of energy, that provide a lot of energy before you conceive, can make right. you be more likely no, to have a boy. Right after you conceive, women who need to eat a whole lot of bananas right after conceiving. I guess because they're a high sugar fruit, and so there's a high level of glucose that tends to be beneficial for boys and detrimental to girls in the embryonic state. So, so you know. So, they, so you eat a lot of bananas right after you go after you've had you've had that moment of of zen. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, if it's true about sugar intake in general, well, no wonder I have two boys because I eat nothing but Pop-Tarts and pancakes the entire time I was pregnant. So, um, yes. Uh, wow. <laughs> and Bob's Big Boy Chili Spaghetti, which uh, that doesn't necessarily have a lot of sugar in it. but it was Man, amazing. I want some of that right now. Man, that chili. I don't even know where you can – I don't think they make the chili the same anymore. It's No, it's pretty much the same. They is have it? it on their menu still. There is a Bob's Big yeah. Boy here in Florida, just just as there's a Del Taco here in Florida now too. Mm. Oh, that's a taste of home then. Huh? Uh, it is a taste of home. Every time I go, I'm like, oh. and then I'm on the ground out in front going, Ugh. <laughs> They're like, oh, dear, Jed's back. <laughs> uh, I, I eat so much just because it is that. For me, it's that good because it just does remind me. It'd be like if they had a, if there was an in and out here, I'd probably eat like three double-doubles every time I go because it'd be, you know, going to Mecca or some crap. Yeah, your sentimental stomach kicks in, and you want to eat things that you love. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah, for sure. That happens to me a lot, unfortunately, hence my food issues. But oh well. Uh, mm. So I have a sentimental, you know, slurping, you know, agreement with wine. So it's the yeah. same thing. <laughs> so that is our foray here yes. from the Mental Floss magazine, and we highly recommend that you. Take a look at this magazine if you just are looking for some interesting conversation starters or just now, do you have you have this one coming to the house, right? I do. I get it and then I have it on the iPad as well. So how many magazine subscriptions do you own? This is it. That's it. Oh, well, and did I, you ever own a lot more? Oh, and I get the Toastmaster magazine, of course. Right. Right. Which that I mean, that's part of your membership. I used to get a couple other magazines. At various times, I used to get the New Yorker, and let's see, I think I used to get New U.S. News and World Report for a while. That one's completely. Oh no, Newsweek just went. Yeah, Newsweek. Really up, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't a big magazine guy. See, I love magazines. I love, I love holding magazines. I'm such a hypocrite because I don't want to own another book that's bound. I want to e-read everything, uh-huh. right? But I love magazines. I like flipping pages. I love all of that. And I have several subscriptions that I renew annually. And I, I love the magazine section at the grocery store. I love flipping through the magazines when I'm standing online at the cash register somewhere. I love magazines. I always have one. I, I'm a big fan. Hey, do they put those things up on, in front of the magazines at the stores in California? Um, so, well, some of the racier ones can have covers. Like Cosmo, huh? But not Cosmo. No, really? you can pick up a Cosmo. Do they cover your Cosmos? In yeah, Florida? yeah. They cut co- Allure is covered. Cosmos covered. All of the like women's oriented magazines seem to get a cover. One of those little things that prevent you from seeing a girl in a bikini on a women's magazine. Interesting. It, it's weird. It is weird. I don't see what the deal is there, unless they just want to protect. I mean, to buy magazines at the store is ridiculously expensive. Right. 
Yeah, we got to protect the children. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but I think that um, that the print media format is rapidly dying. I assume you know as the years go by, my subscriptions will dwindle because those they won't be in print anymore. I think they'll be. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there will be a lot of online magazines. I think we'll we are going to get to see the proliferation of online magazines though soon. Okay, see, I don't love that though. I don't want to have to push, you know, next page at the bottom, wait for it to load, and this and that. I don't love it. I like, I like what I like. Well, I think the reason is, is we have all these bloggers out there that are putting out real good content, and I think that those people are going to, the the good content will get sucked up by online magazines and journals where they'll put it together and compile the good stuff in magazines. And so then, do you use Flipboard for Twitter and Facebook ever? Yeah. I love and it. And I, I like Flipboard's formatting. Mm-hmm. I don't like that I miss some things that I like to see by going to those particular websites, uh, right? Like, right. I don't know about you, but the feed seems to be a little disjointed. Selective. Yeah, that's true. But I, I wished that that would be the deal. It could have Facebook. It could have Twitter. Every single thing that you ever encounter, your mental floss subscription – put all that into one big flipboard that might be something that could be enjoyable for people yeah absolutely and and have it be intuitive like your tivo is to kind of know what your you know what it thinks you're going to like to read about and then it would add those articles oh yeah that's true that's sometimes true. it's scary when the tivo thinks for you <laughs> <laughs> things it thinks to record yeah I, I i don't have that feature on our dvr yeah, it's um I think it's specific to TiVo. Oh, cool. I don't know that anybody else does. So All right. So well, do you want to talk about some movies? Yeah, we'll do about 5 minutes or so on movies and do it. then we'll wrap Tell it up. Tell me what you saw. So I saw last night Abraham Lincoln. <gasps> Dang it, good for you. Yeah. And some people think it's slow. And it may be a little bit of, you know, because it's a war movie. <laughs> it may yeah. have a little bit of that. But I thought it was a great movie myself. I thought the now, actors. Now, Sally Field, mm-hmm. I hear, is really great. And then here's a story that I heard from her on an interview. You know, she's 20 years older than Daniel Day-Lewis, something like that. Really? And and Mary Todd Lincoln was actually 10 years younger than Abraham Lincoln. So she wanted that role. And Spielberg wanted her for that role. But, of course, she's too old because she's over 50. So she's a washed-up Hollywood has-been now. She looked great. <laughs> Right? She looks great in the movie. And that, you know, she literally had to sell herself to be Mary Todd Lincoln to Spielberg, that I can do this, I can be it, you know, we can we can fix my agedness. She looked good. Amazing. She looked really good. But I guess the two of them, she and uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, would actually text one another mm-hmm. when they weren't shooting. And he would text her as the Abraham Lincoln character and she would reply back as Mary Todd Lincoln to him. Like they would have these conversations offset off camera as Abraham and Mary Todd via text messages. And I just think that's great that we live in an era where that can be a story. I just think that's fun. It it was, I thought it was really good. It gave you this insight into this negotiation and I never realized how really close it was as far as the, 13th amendment and why there was such a push for it right you know and how many vampires did he kill in this particular version uh, yeah exactly (laughs) 
I think <laughs> no that's no vampire killing. I know, you know what, what's the deal? All of a sudden, Abraham Lincoln becomes the subject of movies, and then every movie has to be Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> you know, yeah. are we going to hit now the you know George Washington movie set here in another couple of years? <laughs> oh, that'd be a good one. I'd like to see George that. Washington versus the zombies, and <laughs> you know. yeah. Well, that's just a thing right now. Well, good. I'm glad you liked it. I will definitely be seeing that over the next couple of weeks for the holiday movies. Yeah, I mean, you may you may find the same thing. You may go, oh, it wasn't really what I was hoping for, but I like Tommy Lee Jones. All the characters. Oh, James Spader had a great uh, scene or role in the movie as well. Oh, great. Okay, if I love like, him. Yeah. So. Robert California from The Office. I love James Spader. Yeah, and he's, you know, from the... Uh, Boston the, Legal. The Boston Legal, yeah. <laughs> and and he ha- and he has just that attitude. He gets to ha- he gets to have his little attitude that we like about him in the movies. So that's- he's kind of the same person in every movie, even though or in every character that he plays, he's very James Spadery. He's that less than zero guy, right? He Where is he's just kind of pompous and a bit of an ass, but you still like him. He's the, he's the ass you like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love it. All right. Oh, gosh. Now I got to go see it. So, okay. So what else did you see? And then um, Twilight. <laughs> oh, dear. Sparkly vampire. I, I was forced into seeing that. So. Well, you've seen them all, right? I think I have. Yes, you have. I know you have. You've told me that you have. So don't even pretend that you have a third nipple and try to distract me. No, you know you've seen them all. I, I feel. And so was it a compelling and fitting end? To a beautiful love story. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> it's okay to like it, Judge. Just own it. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, I didn't. Uh, I mean, it was a, it was okay. The beginning was slow, and I felt uh, I felt a lot of the movies were slow beginnings. The action scene in it, there's a big fight scene. Sure. It is. It, it's a good fight scene. Okay. And <laughs> can I give away some of the movie? Well, I won't ever see it, so it's not a spoiler to me. But if anybody listening wants to go see it, okay. go ahead, cover your ears right now. Yeah, cover your ears. So anyways, in this this one scene, they have a big fight scene, right? And okay. you think that they're fighting and fighting and fighting and all this stuff is happening. And then you find out it was just a vision. What? <laughs> yeah, there's a girl in the back of the movie. And was she, Patrick Duffy coming out of the shower kind of dream scene? It was. Come it, on. It, this girl in the back of the movie goes, I want my $8 back. <laughs> I love sassy people in the movie. That's great. It was great. It was the funniest was, thing. Come on, admit it. You were yelling. It was a girl. A girl got upset. She's like, what? We got all. Well, see, because in this scene, uh, the bad, the super bad guy gets his head taken off. Okay. Okay. So everyone's like, "Yeah, you know, yay!" And uh, and and then all of a sudden, after all that happens, it he wakes it, you. They go back, and it's his vision of the future that could be. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So a ghost of Christmas future. Yeah, it was. Well, you, I mean, it kind of played, but you didn't think that they were still in the dream sequence. See, I guess I should see all of them. I. I and I guess I will someday. I, I'm out of that loop, so I don't know. But I, I, I feel like it's X-Men vampires. Okay. That's what this movie is like. Uh, in fact, I guess that's what the way that Stephanie Myers created these vampires, and they all have their own secret powers. Right. That, right. 
which it's weird because if they don't really, you get this impression they don't really need a feed, but they do need a feed and just all this weird crap, which I don't, doesn't make sense. Of course, never read the book. So I was going to ask you, how does it compare to the books? Mm. Like, okay. You've never, you're going to claim to have never read them too. That's right. I will. I will. <laughs> you're that's your story. That's my story. Actually, I have all a niece. Right. I have a niece who has read them all probably 20 million times. So I just give her a call. I, no, I think it's great. I love that people read, so I'm all about it. I just I haven't gotten into that series. I'm just not a vampire person, mm-hmm. so yeah. So yeah. All right. Well, now you've seen them all. I have. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. It's well, always good to see a chick flick every once in a while. Yeah. But I love True Blood, so that's my thing. Well, that's definitely not well. I mean, that's a little different it's, level. It's vampi- they're not sparkly. They're not sparkly, and there's and boobs. And there's boobs. <laughs> yeah. Yep. With the appropriate amount of nipples? With the, yeah, at least. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, All right. Now I'm on a quest to find a third nippled person. All right. All right. We'll put it out there. If you have a third nipple, please uh, send us a message. <laughs> Tweet, email, message, Facebook me. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Well, we did two shows in two weeks. Good for us. I know. And we've got uh, some stuff coming up, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to be able to do this a little bit more. So oh, thank you all for listening again. Yeah. And uh, all right. So I guess we can wrap it up here. We talked about General Petraeus and that business. We talked about winning the lottery. Yeah. And some things that are not really old wives tales. And then we wrapped up with a little bit of movie talk. Movies and mental floss. That's it. <laughs> So, uh, if you do subscribe, let Mental Floss know that you want TJ Talks to be their official podcast. And, yeah, and right? We'll, and we'll focus in on just great stuff from their magazine. <laughs> I, I think all this third nipple talk is going to get us out of the running. Yeah, I, we probably won't be invited. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to take one listen and go, nope, these two are out. They're crazy. <laughs> all right. Well, for TJ Talks, I am Judd. And I'm Teresa. And we will chat with you later. Talk to you later. He, he, you're saying that he never read Fifty Shades of Grey? <laughs> <laughs> if he doesn't know what a dirty Sanchez or a rusty trombone is, then I don't want him being director of the CIA.